that sticky green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That sticky green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That sticky green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. <laughs> That's the illustrious edition of the Hot Fives Wrestling Podcast. The Black Weights are here once again, and as you already see, we are fully on all of our shenanigans. My brother Dom, how are you today? I'm good, man. The knees. The knees. Before I get to, you know, NXT and everything that happened, I have a question. Okay. After Dakota attacked, Tegan and snatched off one knee brace. She never put put it back on. That's true. I mean, maybe she was trying to say that's her only knee brace, even we even though we know that's a damn lie. She could have went in the crowd and got it. Nah, they probably wasn't gonna give it up, fam. You know that mug got uh sold on eBay or something. I mean, depending on how her career trajectory go, you never know. That knee brace could be worth a lot of money someday if she becomes a Hall of Famer. It's true. You got to think ahead. So, this week's NXT was, you know, as we we was expecting it, was supposed to be a date with the Prince. So, they, they open up NXT and show us that Finn's locker room has been trashed and he's nowhere to be found. So Velveteen Dream comes out and Mox Finn Baller, you know, hits his pose like four times and then talks to him on the uh, top rope saying that he's nowhere to be found and blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, we hear shock the system. And finally, our NXT champion has came to Full Sail or the Performance Center to address Velveteen Dream in person. And not only did he address him, he accused him of trying to weasel his way into the number one contender spot and said that he would never get a title shot. And out of nowhere, here comes Roger Strong and Bobby Fish. And because I know you're an asshole like me, I died laughing when the fact that all it took was two hits for this nigga shoe to go flying up the ramp. Fam. Yes. Because I thought about Michael Cole. And then I also laughed at how long his bonnet stayed on his head. Bonnet held on for about a solid two minutes before it finally came off. Hey, also, you know what else I thought about when this shoe was off? You remember all, uh, the first Hot Tub Time Machine movie when they had Joe Blue? And then <laughs> when they went to the spot, all you see was his shoe just on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! My bad. Go ahead, bro. So, you're getting stomped. Like, you know, Marcus Houston did and you got served. If him and then... Keith Lee ran, ran in and made the save. You know, a brother had to save a brother. Outside of Black History Month, I'm with it. And he pounced the holy hell 
out of Adam Cole. At this point, Adam should be tired of taking the pounce, fam. Because he pounced that man into Roger Strong, and they both collapsed. But what made me laugh, though, is when they all was outside the ring, and then Bobby Fish was like, where the hell did he come from? <laughs> I loved it. Um, although I was disappointed that, you know, we not getting Finn versus, you know, the Dream already, but like I said, between the shoe being knocked off, Bobby Fish trying to figure out where the hell Keith Lee came from. And you know what? I will say this, though. I am glad that they didn't do what Monday Night Raw be doing when somebody come out. Like, bro, why are you playing their interest music when they're trying to come out there and make the save? You giving it away. I mean, the crowd going to do that anyway, though. So, <clears throat> Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Took on Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan. The knees knocked. And this was a pretty damn good women's tag team match. Like, Shotzi Blackheart, when she got in the ring, the pace just, like, picked up. And she reminds me a little bit of, like, the young Becky Lynch character. Mm. Like, kind of when she was still in NXT before she got to the main roster. Uh, when she would get the hot tag, like, it would be, like, kind of uh, controlled chaos. Because I'm trying to remember which move it was she, she hit, but I know at one point in time, they got Dakota decided she wanted to get the big balls and get the hot tag and come in. And they ended up putting her in the corner. And they just went on basically like a cannonball spree on her ass. But the powerhouse, Raquel Gonzalez, came back in. And after taking some solid offense for about a solid three to five minutes, she hit a beautiful one-armed powerbomb and got the one, two, three and this is just one of them examples where you can see that even some of their newer greener talent can still hang because even though Dakota, Keegan and Shotzi been wrestling probably way longer than Raquel has she actually kept up. To me, at least. What do you think? And shout out to that one on Powerball by Raquel Gonzalez, though, fam. Like, not to be a douche, but it looks better than Roman Reigns' schoolboy Powerball he be doing. That's all I say. <laughs> but, you know, Shotzi Blackheart, though, yeah. That's a, that's a future star in the making. You know, maybe... She can be one of the top baby faces considering, you know, everybody's healed now for the most part. But yeah, man, it was a solid opening match and shout out to Dakota Kai. That's that's all I'll say. Agreed. So <clears throat> they announced that the main event for tonight is gonna be Keith Lee and Velveteen Dream taking on Adam Cole and Roger Strong. And I'm with it. Easily. Um 
it's interesting that they use Drake's Mavericks video reaction to him being, you know, fired in his video package. Kind of makes it seem like it's a work, and I don't want to say that, but why would you use it, you know? Because it's WWE, and they'll do anything for ratings right now. I mean, it also... Think about it, bro. I mean, the, the man used his wedding to film in an angle. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like Drake ain't a team player for the most part. But if he oh, doesn't really like married to her, yeah. No. Oh, okay. So that's why I said it wouldn't surprise. You know what I'm saying? It's WWE, bro. That's all I say. Too sure. So, Jake Atlas took on Rockstar Spud in the interim NXT COVID-19 Cruiserweight Champion tournament match. And it was a pretty solid match. I mean, you know, we watched TNA, so we knew Rockstar Spud could actually go. So, this is not really a surprise to us since, you know, as Drake, he really hasn't had many opportunities to wrestle. Right. But I'll let you talk about it because I know this was your favorite part of the whole match. Go ahead and tell the good people how the ending came. So your boy Rockstar Spud went for a good old slice bread number two. And Jake ended up reversing it and hit him like really. Now that was some sweet chin music right there because he legit super kicked him dead on the chin, fam. Then... All of a sudden, Jake Ellis proceeds to go to the top rope and hit a cartwheel DDT to get the one, two, three. And he did end up winning, you know what I'm saying, the first match in their group A. Cruiser, I'm not saying the whole thing, bro. They're going to have to short up this, this Cruiserweight Championship like some way, some way. But, uh, yeah, that cartwheel DDT was beautiful. It was. He ain't got better balance than my boy Mike Jackson, but it takes a tremendous level of balance to be able to do that. So, I'm, I like the match, fam. I like what I saw out of Jake Atlas, too. You know what I'm saying? He looked like he got a lot of potential. And especially for though, considering that Jake Atlas, like, got squashed by Dexter Loomis, like, earlier in the month on NXT. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, good shit. So, um, also it was a beautiful thing. Kushida hit Tony Nice with this beautiful transition into the hoverboard lock off the top rope. And yes, sir. This is what I should have been doing with Kushida from day one. Like, him and Tony Nese both shined in this match in, in victory and defeat. And that's how you're supposed to do it. Especially at one point, I think Tony Nese was going for like a pump handle slam or something. And then Koshida reversed it, you know what I'm saying, to the arm lock. And then Tony Nese, strong ass, reversed that into a whole Northern Light suplex, fam. Like. <sighs> It's stuff like that that just makes you appreciate wrestling, fam. 
That's all I'll say. And that was a beautiful segue because other things that make you appreciate wrestling is this video package that they had with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Lord have mercy. The fact that they were sitting at the dinner table and they had the cup in like the Beauty and the Beast little glass jar. And they just talked about, you know, how they've been underappreciated and underused and undervalued in NXT. And all that, all that's over now. The time the time of them being the, the nice guy and gal is dead. Like it's time for them to go and take what rightfully theirs. And they're gonna become the first married couple to ever reign as NXT women's champion and NXT champion at the same time. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it because it is awesome from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I don't really know what to add to that. I did like the little touch, though, you know, when it was in color, they was talking to then Like, they went, like, full heel when, like, the camera went to, like, black and white. So, mm-hmm. I did find that little touch interesting. And the fact that they had a picture of them, like, one of their wedding pictures at the end, but they had the candle burning, kind of like, yeah, this this ain't us no more. I'm with it, though. You know, this is the this is the personality that we've been waiting to see out of Candice LeRae. You know, she says she ain't eating second no more. She's eating first. I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. And then, <clears throat> go ahead and tell the good people about your girl, Eos Shra. All right, so, they dropped the video package on our girl, Eos Shra, and it was a very well done video package, you know what I'm saying? She says she's She's going to tear down the castle that the queen built and that she bows down to nobody. And, you know, she meant that shit because she said it in English because she was cutting, like, the whole promo, you know what I'm saying, in her native tongue. And then before we got on, you kind of just ruined all the excitement that I had because it just snapped me right back into reality. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, we know they doing this just because EO's most likely not going to resign. So they getting this match out the way early. They're going to feed her to Charlotte Flair right after they feed me a year to Charlotte Flair. So, overall, though, without looking at what's going to happen in the future, just the video package alone, I loved it. It was fantastic. And I hope wherever Io Shirai goes after her contract is up, she gets treated way better. So, yes. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. Uh, I... Oh, baby. Yeah. You deserve so much more. Maybe she can go be with a hubby, though. You know what I'm saying? Evil, and they can go wreck shop down there in you know, New Japan. So, also in the COVID-19 Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, Phantasmo <laughs> uh, defeated the new tatted-up Jack Gallagher. That's all I really got to say about it. I was I would say this though, it was a it was a good match. You yeah. know, I mean, gentleman. Well, my bad, he's no longer the gentleman. But you know, Jack Gallagher, you, you did all this. You look like Etsy from Kingsman now. 
and you still took the L. But considering that, you know, they almost kidnapped your boy later on, I guess they got big plans for him, you know what I'm saying, moving on down the line. So I'm with it. Is he doing a fart off the dark order? Basically. I'm talking about he must be watching some American me or something before because he knew how to defend himself ASAP. <laughs> yeah, me bent. Nah, used to the cartel real. trying to trying to kidnap him. And on that note, moving on. <laughs> so the main event of NXT this week was, you know, Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee taking on Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Almost immediately, Damian Priest appears out of nowhere and hit him, hit Keith Lee twice in the throat with his nightstick. So basically, Velveteen Dream wrestled a handicap match against Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. Uh, Roderick Strong and was getting his ass kicked as we expected until all of a sudden out of nowhere literally out of nowhere Dexter Loomis appears why? nobody knows so for whatever reason, you know, Dream tags Loomis and the ref allows it. Because, you know, why not? And, and Dexter Loomis proceeded to run through Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. As we expected. And then, you know, he tagged Dream back in. Dream gets to pin Cole with the Purple Rainmaker. And now he has officially pinned the NXT champion. So... By right, he's the number one contender. I still want to know where the fuck did Dexter Loomis come from? Who knows? Remember last week, he was just creepily uh, chilling in the background. True. And it looks like they might also have plans for Dexter Loomis, though. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter what happened, you know what I'm saying, that is still a big spot to be in, you know what I'm saying, the main event with Velveteen, Adam Cole, and your boy Roddy Strong, so, but overall, though, once, you know, Punishment Martinez, <laughs> Keith Lee in the throat with the nightstick, I was just like, oh, okay, we should have already expected Velveteen to be getting his ass beat. I really thought they was going to have him, like, beat him, you know, by himself, but I'm kind of glad they didn't do that, so that way it doesn't make Undisputed ever look weak, right? Even though, even though nothing can really make them look weak, but yeah, man, it was a it was a solid main event. Velveteen got the dub, and it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. But one thing though, and I forgot to mention this earlier though, but I do like all the like video packages they they doing for all the you know what I'm saying participants in the in the cruiserweight championship tournament. So. Those are fantastically done. So, yeah, shout out to them once again for that. Agreed. And, I mean, overall this week, I give NXT a solid B+. Because it was some solid in-ring work. Even, you know, though they tried to, they're trying to build up Mia Yim because she's going to face Charlotte next week. And we all know what's going to happen here. Um, 
but they had a few promos backstage that I could have done without, like them talking to Drake Maverick after his loss. The whole Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle exchange. Did this Matt is why Riddle I don't like know where he was at. He didn't. Because his eyes look like Jordan's on the last day's documentary. He was still high from Monday. Um, so we had a rematch from Revolution. Darby Allen took on Sammy Guevara once again. And look, wait, before I get into that match, that video package that Cody Rhodes had, fam, just go ahead and make him the TNT champion, bro. I'm sorry. He is one of my favorite baby faces, like, within all of wrestling right now. And, yeah, bro, just. He also found the trademark to get his last name back. So, look, what better way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the uh, WWE trademark is uh, is is over with. So he did file the trademark. So we might be getting Cody Rhodes again. So what better way to cop that off than by going ahead and becoming the TNT champion? Because look, honestly, when we even seen the brackets, I think the first thing I said was, yeah, it's gonna be Cody versus Lance Archer in the finals. Uh, and because I, I thought that, but after tonight episode, tonight episode. And it, after the main event, I'll tell you why. But yeah, man, shout out to Cody Rhodes. And like I said, y'all can challenge me, y'all can feel whatever, but Cody, Cody Rhodes is top five baby face in wrestling right now. As far as the match go, once again, Sammy Guevara, just like in Revolution, <laughs> attack Darby Allen and say, bro, um, I don't know what type of ladders they got. But when Sammy Guevara did that splash onto the ladder on Darby Allen, that ladder gave no give whatsoever. And yes, I did laugh at the way Sammy bounced off <laughs> and hit the ground. Because I hear it was, Ugh! <laughs> 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 Woo. But as far as this match goes, though, um... I would say I was a little bit surprised at how much more technical Darby Allen was, but considering he got his ass beat the first, what, five to eight minutes of the match, it made sense. Because at one point, he had him in like a, he had Sammy Guevara in like a reverse ankle lock on the top rope, bro. And then he took his boot off and just started beating, just started beating his ankle with it. But even with that, though, Sammy Guevara still controlled the majority of the match, which, look, man, I think. We fans of both of these gentlemen, and just like, I just love them both. But Darby Allen up getting the win, though, after Sammy Guevara went for his version. What is the name of his move, bro? Because I, I keep calling it, like, his version of Feast Your Eyes. Like, what is the actual name of Sammy Guevara's finisher, bro? Yeah, I don't remember that to you. But either way it go, Darby Allen, Darby Allen reversed that into the Last Supper. One, two, three. Darby Allen is moving on, and he will be facing Cody in the second round in the TNT Championship. So, fantastic opening contest. Shout out to Pineapple Pete in the crowd. How are you feeling about Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara? Two. One was still better, obviously, but um, 
fucking love Sammy Guevara's theme music. I think I might make uh, that my, my ringtone. <laughs> mug jam. It do. It fits but, him. I'm Jake Hager's. Agreed. But it was a fantastic match. You know, I was pulling for Sammy, but I'm okay with Darby winning. Once again, fam, why didn't y'all just let Matt Hardy do this when he was in WWE? Because his promo at the compound was broken brilliance at his best. Like, to be honest with you, like, so he addressed Chris Jericho. You know, he laid out the challenge. He didn't respond to it. And then... He says since Sammy Guevara was the only person that was brave enough to mention his name, he laid out a proposition for Sammy Guevara to come down to the compound and face him in a match, which I'm with it. Now, what it seems like is that, so what, is Matt Hardy going to go through all the all members of Inner Circle until he get to Chris Jericho? Like, uh, you playing Street Fighter 2 and you got to go through Vegas, I got in Barrow to get the Bison? Basically. I have no issue with that either, though, to be honest with you. But, you know, said he was watching the Bubbly Boys last week, and he could tell that his essence was in fear. By white, by, That's why he dropped the orange juice on the counter. But even with all of that, bro, he still found a way to make this even better because he was just like, you know what, I know why you didn't, you didn't say nothing because this broken brilliance is too much for you. So... He ended up talking like regular Matt Hardy. And then just cut like, you know, me and Chris been friends, you know, all this other stuff. Just just go watch it. That's the way you feel about the Johnny Gargano and, you know, Candice LeRae promo. That's how I feel about this one. Just shift kiss to Matt Hardy. I can't wait to see if Sammy Guevara does end up, you know what I'm saying, answering the challenge for Matt Hardy. But how are you feeling about this promo at the compound? I mean, I have really nothing more to say about it. I loved it. And, yeah, Sammy, I need you to hit up Matt. Go ahead and do that for your boy. Kenny Omega went up against, is it Elon? Was it Allen? Because even Chris Jericho didn't even know no, how to pronounce Allen. All right, so Kenny Omega took on Allen Angel. And what was most likely supposed to be a squash match. But this is how I also know people don't really watch AEW because for the most part, most of the squash matches still ends up making the people that lose look good. Oh, Unless you're going to get, I said most of the time, unless you're going to get like Warlord or Brody Lee or something like that. So basically, Allen Angels got a lot of outfits in and people were just like, what the hell? Like Kenny Omega should have squashed him in five minutes. Man, but at the, even Star ahead. played with his food before he ate it. Exactly. Shout out to the hyenas. If I know I'm finna, if I know I'm finna kick your ass, like I know I am. Like how how Beerus knew he was finna watch Goku and Vegeta. Boy. All right, let me see what you got. Oh, that's it? That's all you got? All right, bet. 
Let me load yeah. up this V trigger one time. It was more than one time, because that second one, though, I thought he was dead. Now, look, Kenny Omega got the win, like I said, after two V triggers, but in my opinion, that's what makes Kenny Omega one of the best in the world. Like, he makes other people look fantastic. And even he said, like, back then, when he had, like, an early match against AJ Styles, like, AJ made sure that he made him look good, even though, you know, AJ job him out. So that's the mentality that he got. And that's how you're supposed to make sure the rest of the industry is in good hands by helping the other talent that we don't know. So, like, think about it. The next time we see Alan, Alan Angels, we're going to be like, you know what? He had a good, what, five to seven minute match with Kenny Omega. So, you know, he might got something. So, props to Kenny Omega for that. Orange Cassidy took on Jimmy Havoc. And look, outside of all the shenanigans, Orange Cassidy got the dub. Woo! Out of, but he might end up losing the war, though, because he got hit with a me DDT as soon as the ref hit one, two, three. And nigga shit itself. And once again, dog, shout out to Chris Jericho on commentary because I don't know if you remember when he had, but Jimmy Havoc was chopping Orange Cassidy in the corner. I uh, hear Chris Jericho and say, I just saw his nipple hit the mat, Tony. <laughs> The fact that uh, Jericho hates Orange Cassidy so much, uh, like hates hates him but respects him, you know. But all right. So it looks like the you know the best friends in this Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, you know, Penelope Ford feud is what we got moving forward, and I'm not mad at that. Damn, Bridget, damn, Bridget, damn, damn, best friend. Who Penelope Ford? That's all I can say. That's now, dog. And this is why I also think that EC3 probably shouldn't go to AEW. So, MJF. <laughs> I've been following him on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? He's been kind of like saying stuff like, you know, this injury is career-threatening, and y'all please be, be with me during this, you know what I'm saying, difficult time. So, they had his crib. And at first, the camera was just zoomed in on his face. And, you know, he was looking real serious. Like, you know, hi, I'm MJF. We are currently facing a worldwide epidemic. But that epidemic was not the T-virus or corona, you know, in the COVID-19. It was the fact that he has not wrestled on AEW Dynamite. And that is insane. But the main reason why... Is because he was gambling and while he was throwing money, my boy caught a hangnail, fam. And it was reaching from his cuticle and it wasn't beautiful. <laughs> and then that proceeded. The next thing you know, the camera zoomed out and this, and this dude is in a whole sling, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, just just fantastic! You know, he, then he just went to the typical MJF stuff. You know, when I'm healed, I'll be back. You know, I'll be become the AEW champion because he's MJF and he's better than you. But oh my god, dog! You remember the Randy <laughs> News Network updates? Yes, that's what it reminded me of. This was hilarious, dog! And once again. 
it's not a lot of real true heels in wrestling in general right now. Like true heels, MJF is the definition of a true heel. Like you literally just want to see somebody whoop him, no matter who it is, and that's also why I respect him so much, fam. But yeah, how did you feel about this MJF promo? I I, I loved it. It's, it was heel work at his at his finest. This is honestly what makes MJF so great. At first, you know, he even got me. I'm like, is he actually being serious here? Right. You know, like, ha. He's seriously being MJF. Boom. And shout out to the the Burberry Sling, too. I did notice that. Of course. You know, is MJF, everything got to be Burberry. Even though I like the initial bubbly butt segment, I love this one way more than I did the first one, bro, because they had me rolling. So, for one, it jumped off of Sammy Guevara being all, you know, kind of sad and shit that, you know, Jake didn't win the championship. And, of course, he lifted weights with his shirt off and sunglasses on. Looking <laughs> like Jake's brother. Um... And look, Jake Hager, I'll give him props. He probably had one of the funniest lines to me. He was just like, come on, Sammy. You're too beautiful to be sad. <laughs> and they throw it back to Sammy, and he's looking even more sad with this cat in his hand. Bruh, just, just, fan, just fantastic, dog. And then Santana was like, you know what we should do? We should make a flim flam video. <laughs> And then, of course, Sammy wasn't with it at first, you know, because he'd been down and stuff like that. But, you know, Jericho, being Jericho, convinced Sammy Guevara because the winner who had the best flim flam would get the top of the line, Walgreens branded, hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Sammy was like, Oh, well, that's all you had to say then. Let's let's go. And then, you know, they proceeded to do the flip flam video. Chris Jericho jumped it off. And the sad part is he probably had the second most rhythm out of everybody in the inner circle. I mean, we know Jake and Sammy didn't. Because Jericho jumped it off and then, you know, your boys probably Where the hell was Santana at? Was he at a hotel or where because Look, those type, uh, those type of questions you probably don't want the answers to. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Jake Hager has absolutely no rhythm whatsoever, but it did make me laugh the most. <laughs> and then Sammy Guevara went full crush groove and just started breakdancing his life away. And then, you know, Santana and Ortiz, you know, everybody praised Sammy, and then Chris Jericho got mad at was. But like you, you show off. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your stupid hand sanitizer that he threw it at the phone <laughs> and did walk out. Oh man, 
like I said, this is another one of you just go watch it, but and I think I probably said everything, so I apologize. But how was you feeling about the second edition of the Bubbly Bunch? <sighs> I loved it even more than I loved the first one. Keep it up. <sighs> All right. This selection of guys together are hilarious. And that's the way we became the bubbly bunch. And you know, it's, the fact that they are bringing out personality in, in Jake Hager, that's, that says a lot. He's Chris Jericho. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. But He can squeeze lemonade out of a pea. Main event of the evening. I mean, you know, Brody Lee squashed the guy. You know, he he recruited Preston Vance, so I didn't really, you know what I'm saying, want to go too much into all of that. Although no, I will say next week, Marco Stunt might die. Ain't no might about it. <laughs> um, What we're not going to skip past is because I actually timed it. But from bell to bell, it was a minute 58 seconds. <sighs> this he lasts longer than Marcus Houston and you got served. Shit. Marco Stunt gonna last longer than Marcus Houston. That's because he quit. That's, that's gonna be because Brody Lee gonna wanna take his time. Oh man. Poor Marco. Why would you stir him down though, fam? He's gonna get thrown back to uh to parts unknown. He gonna get thrown worse than that first dude that Warlow hit the um uh, the F ten <laughs> on. He oversold it. That whole different dangerous. It is. If you on Poli Johnson, you just yeah. You ain't At least you on TV. Help. Dustin Rhodes beat Kip Sabian. Dustin hit the destroyer, and then yo, he got the win. With a destroyed fam. I was I was gonna say it. I was waiting on you to realize it. I was waiting on you to realize it. Somebody won a little super kick this week too. Yo, this has been weird. That moves that was initially finishers are being used as finishers again. But you know, somebody gonna win with a regular DDT. Well, Alexa was, you know. Using a regular DDT as a finisher for a while. But, um, yeah, man, it was a good showing for Kip Sabian. Um, Brandy speared the shit after the Penelope Ford. She had a better spirit than Roman Reigns. Debate your mama. Um, but yeah, man, shout out to Dustin Rhodes. It'll be an interesting match next week, though, because I honestly feel like he's gonna do way better than Coco Banner because, you know, for storytelling purposes, he that's what he does. <laughs> How did you feel about the main event? So, how would you feel if it was Cody versus Dustin Rhodes in the finals? If Dustin lose, he retire. I wouldn't have no issue with that. And then just have Dustin do stuff backstage. Dustin retires next week on Dynamite. Cody comes out with his last name. Ooh. That would be some fantastic storytelling, actually, sir. Thank you. That is a damn good idea. Just because 
if they do it right, Lance Archer still can look strong as shit, even in defeat. And then when he, when him and Cody do end up finally battling, that'll be a way for it to be much more. Mm-hmm. And, and that way you won't have to give him that big, big loss right now. Hmm. That's true. I like that. Because it can be something like he gets overzealous after, you know, beating up Dustin and then Dustin hit him with like a surprise story or a surprise roll up. That is the most devastating move in all of wrestling right now. And, you know, the few times that we are okay with it is when it makes sense for storyline reasons. And that would be a a time when it makes sense for storyline reasons. Yeah, I can see that because, you know what, maybe he like hit him with a blackout and then to send a message, he tried to do it again, and then that's when he reversed it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, reverse... Ooh! Bro, what if Dustin reverses the blackout into a destroyer? Ooh. See? Now my mind over here racing. But, um... Just like you did with NXT, I'll give this episode of AEW Dynamite a B+. Solid in-ring action, even with the squashes. But, man, this is one of them times where the promos was just so fantastic to where I didn't have an issue with any of them. Like, they all served their purpose. They all made sense. Orange Cassidy got his, you know, first dub on AEW Dynamite. In a singles match. In a single, yeah, my bad. In a singles match. So, I was happy. Wave, whatever. And he's from wherever. The, the laziest pyro of all time. <laughs> like, how your pyro lazy, fam? I mean, look. What? It is what it is. It's Orange Cassidy at his finest. Any final thoughts on the A-Dub? Nah, but I just want to see how long it takes Brother Lee to kill Marco Stunt next week. I mean, look. That's going to be my sole purpose for watching Dynamite next week. I could care less about any other thing y'all put in front of me. I just want to see Marco Stunt get thrown 12 rows in the crowd. He going to diss his clothesline him so hard, he probably do two backflips. I just thought about that. Jung- I hope I hope Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus nearby because somebody about to carry that gonna have to scrape that man off the re- ring. No, seriously though, it's gonna be like when the well, monster stepped on Tweety Bird. I hope not because I did laugh even as a child when that happened. So I'm probably definitely gonna laugh like Brody Lee does at the Marco stunt. Oh, good times! But get us on out of here, sir. As always, you can find us by going directly to hotflyerspodcast.com, anywhere you get your podcast, be it Apple, Google, Spreaker, Spotify, etc., by going to Hot Flyers Podcast, on Facebook and YouTube at Hot Flyers Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Flyers, Dom at Freshly Snipe 21, me at underscore Bobby Digital, and until next time, Rascal Wave. Too sweet. Top guys up.